Welcome to the Voice of Conservative Values with Daniel Bobinski of True Idaho News and Uncover DC. Brought to you by conservativesof.com. And now, here's Daniel. Well, hello and welcome to the Voice of Conservative Values. I am Daniel Bobinski. And as I like to say, I am not the voice of conservative values. I just happen to be a voice of conservative values. And one of the things we like to do on this show is bring in guests who have conservative values, and we give them a voice here on the show. Uh, So we've got some interesting guests I'll be getting to in a little bit. But before I go there, I wanted to share with you something about John Adams. Maybe you heard of this guy. He used to be a president of the United States. He signed his name to a couple of important documents um, because we're about discussing the values uh, that were held by our country's founders, Uh, you know, people like John Adams. So it's important, I think, for us today uh, in in America and wherever you're listening to uh, be involved in the process. This uh, this nation is a very unique nation. Uh, most, if you listen to anything from William Federer, and he's a great author and historian, a very, very uh, prolific writer. And actually, I hope to have him on the show here in the, in the near future. But um, he talks about in one of his books how throughout history, most of the uh, nations of the world have been ruled by a king. It's the most popular form of government whether you call them a sultan or an emir or a king or a dictator, uh, that's the standard form of government. When the country was founded here, America was founded, they flipped it. But we still have a king, and the king is us, the people. It is we who are responsible for the direction of the country, not a single individual. A lot of people have to give their voice. And... I think a lot of Americans have forgotten that. I think we've gotten into this lull of kind of like the nation of Israel did after, you know, coming into the land, the promised land, and they were going to be God's people and God was going to be their king. And that was working well. Um, They went through some cycles. We had the times of the judges. But then they came to God and they said, you know what? We want a king like everybody else. And God's going, uh, think about that. I'm not sure you want that. But they insisted, and so they ended up with the king. And, of course, all the bad things happened after that because the king started taking their people and their money. And, it, well, you know how kings work. Our founders purposely flipped that model so that we would kind of be like the nation of Israel where we come in, we're accountable to God. The founders were very deep in relationship with God. And they, that was the culture of the day. And there was an assumption with that, that uh, that, would, that would stay. I don't think our fathers realized, our founders realized, how far the culture of this nation would shift away from God. I really don't. Uh, but it has happened, and that's part of the purpose for this show, is to remind people about the conservative values that were used to found this country and to help people understand that we need to be involved. And I wanted to share with you some writing from a letter. Uh, This is uh, from John Adams to Thomas Jefferson. This is in 1813. This is 
uh, well after both of them had been president. And uh, John Adams is writing. They, they had kind of become political enemies, but then they kind of mended fences and they're writing back and forth after they've retired. And John Adams writes uh, to Thomas Jefferson. He's talking about the people who gathered to create the Declaration and to create the Constitution. And he says, who composed that army of fine young fellows that was before my eyes? They were among them Roman Catholics, English Episcopalians, Scotch and American Presbyterians, Methodists, uh, Moravians, Anabaptists, German Lutherans, German Calvinists and Universalists. Uh, He goes on and on and on with all the different denominations. And he says they were all united in the general principles of Christianity. They understood the general principles of English and American liberty. And that is the key. It's not what denomination, we're not talking about denominations, we're talking about the principles of Christianity is what united these people. So, uh, he says the general, I'm going to keep reading a little, little bit more here. He says the general principles on which the fathers achieved independence were the only principles in which that beautiful assembly of young gentlemen could unite. And these principles only could be intended by them in their address or me in my answer. And what were those principles? I answer the general principles of Christianity in which those sects were united. Sects meaning denominations. So everybody coming around and being involved. Today, uh, we have this thing called the Johnson Amendment. You may think back, uh, well, if you're my age, you think back to, you know, when President Johnson was around. Um, He was a pretty ruthless politician, and he didn't like the fact that some people were voting against him. Churches were preaching against him. Uh, down in Texas. And when he was in the Senate, he helped to uh, what they call the Johnson Amendment was he put a rider on a bill that made it that if you spoke about politics from a 501c3 church, then you would lose your 501c3 status. You would lose your tax-free status. It's kind of been the culture then. People at the pulpit used to preach about the God, about politics all the time. It was common to preach about the issues of the day and political figures from the pulpit. But with the Johnson Amendment, over the decades, that has waned. And people are not talking about uh, the principles of liberty as they should be. And I think, you know, I think when President Trump was in office, he said, I think he made an announcement or an executive order, I forget which. But he said that he was not going, his administration would not enforce the Johnson Amendment. In other words, let's start talking about politics again in our churches. And um, I have to tell you, um, I don't watch the follow, I don't watch a lot of the news that's on the broadcast programming news because it's usually spin and not exactly truthful. Uh, one of the reasons I actually started TrueIdahoNews.com, which you can go visit and read some articles. We got a nice staff of writers there. But I get a lot of my news from uh, going to where I want to go on the internet and finding the news sources. And I will go to multiple sources, multiple perspectives, and I read and I investigate and I fact check my own my own thing. It's, I think we, all, we can all do that. And as I was doing that about uh, two weeks ago, I came upon an advertisement for Northwest Liberty Symposium. I'm going, well, what's this about? And I'm Looking at it, I'm going, okay, I recognize that speaker, I recognize that speaker, I recognize that speaker, that speaker, that speaker, and I'm looking, I know most of these speakers, some of them personally. 
And I'm, so I'm looking a little more, and I'm going, oh, this is, this is in Boise. Way, cool. So <laughs> this happened to be where I live. So it's like, all right. So I contacted uh, the people who run this, Mr. Allen and Elizabeth Hodge, and I, I said, hey, this is great. Can I get you guys on the show and talk about what's coming up? And so I want to welcome to the studio uh, Mr. Allen and Ms. Elizabeth, Mrs. Elizabeth Hodge. <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you very much. So you guys, and I'm going to approach this as a total novice. I'm total. I, I am. I am ashamed that I did not learn about this early. You guys have been doing this for a couple of years, and and I'm actually ashamed that I have not known about this. So please tell us about this Liberty Symposium and what started it. What's it all about? How did this thing start? Well, I'm going to let Alan start by telling you about. Um, my background, our background, and how we came to form the Northwest Liberty Academy, which is not a mortar and bricks thing. It's something we take out to the public. But I'll let him start with explaining about the White Pine Foundation, and then I'll talk about the program. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I am I'm the president of the White Pine Foundation, and uh, Elizabeth and I decided to form. Uh, it's it's kind of the vehicle, the 501 C3 vehicle by which uh, the the Northwest Liberty Academy gets funded. And uh, we are engaged in some other activities as well, but the Northwest Liberty Academy, which again, as Elizabeth has pointed out, is not a bricks and mortar kind of an operation. Uh, it's one more of an outreach type thing and where it's an invitation thing where we find locations and venues to hold our annual symposium, which is our primary vehicle for getting the word out about liberty. Um, and I think that the the reason that we, well, the reason we founded it is because uh, we ended up, you know, with the belief that the word, the idea about liberty, the idea of liberty is not being discussed enough. And especially it is not being discussed in the, uh, in the public sphere. We, uh, had been uh, Elizabeth actually had been the director prior to our founding um, of the Idaho director for the what's called the Patriot Academy, and uh, that is an organization that was founded in Texas. And uh, Elizabeth had gone down there um, on behalf of uh, uh, well, actually Ralph Smead, who is our primary mentor and has been our chief provider of funds from his foundation. Uh, to the White Pine Foundation, which is also the 501c3. Elizabeth was a caregiver for him while he was uh, undergoing a bout with cancer. And in the meantime, she had also gone to visit the Patriot Academy and went to their events. And they have been teaching uh, conservative principles to primarily to young people, well, actually exclusively to young people from ages 15 to 25, and they have been doing it through what might be called the legislative process, where they they actually engage in legislative sessions and really get into the nuts and bolts of taking conservative principles through the legislative process. And uh, in so doing, they they have taken that idea and we have transmuted that into the Northwest Liberty Academy uh, because we wanted to reach out to more people, younger and older. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, and I noticed on your flyer uh, and on the, some of the stuff that I've seen that, that the focus is for ages 12 to 18. Is that correct? 
Yes, but we also have adults. Just just as a point of clarification, the Patriot Academy does a great job of teaching conservative values and teaching the legislative process. Um, After a couple years, we were encouraged by Tom King, who his father started the King stores throughout the state. They're like five and dimes. They used to be. um, Anyway, he said, you know, you should be teaching free enterprise. You should be teaching younger and this sort of thing. And so um, we decided we would do that. You know, the um, Patriot Academy was well-established here. They didn't really need a local director anymore. And so when Tom said, why don't we do something that's different? Mm -hmm. And we were all for it. And so what we do is we teach, basically we, we advance the foundational principles of a free society and free enterprise, beginning with the understanding that our founders acknowledged that men are by nature free and derive their natural rights from God, not government. Mm -hmm. And to that end, we want to teach that liberty, that our liberty comes from God and that the proper role of good government is to protect those rights, to Mm -hmm. protect our liberty, Mm -hmm. not to be providers of privilege, not to take care of us, but to encourage us to be self-reliant. And so we teach a lot of economics so that young people learn about free enterprise. They learn about self-reliance. They learn that um, when you have a strong economy, there is more likely to be prosperity, which leads to peace. And we also want that for other nations because as different nations are are, uh, strong in their economies, they're peaceful and less likely to war against each other. What we do at Liberty Academy is we promote um, the understanding of what good government is. So we talk about all three branches of government. We have people from all three branches of government speak to the students about the proper role of government. And then we um, also teach economic principles and we discuss timely things. This year we're going to be talking about some things that some people would think we shouldn't talk about, (laughs) but we're going to be talking about critical race theory, social justice, white privilege. These are things that are being promoted um, by folks who... I believe in many ways some of these things are doing the exact opposite of what they think they're going to do. Mm -hmm. And by that, when you start talking about critical race theory, I was raised, um, I'm, I'm part Filipino, and as a child, I was not allowed to go places. I was not invited places because of the color of my skin. used to hurt my feelings. I'd come home crying, and my dad would say, don't let somebody else's problem be yours, mm. you know? And so as I grew older, I realized, you know, there are jerks in this world. You're going to have to deal with them, so deal with them, but mm. don't let that color your perspective. So when people start talking about bigotry and racism, it is that a fact of life? Absolutely, it always has been, it always will be. But is that what, what our country's about? Absolutely not. And, and that's what the left is really pushing these days, is this identity politics thing to separate us and create division. Uh, and, and so I, I want really want to emphasize uh, what you said, that this is not just for ages 12 to 18. Mm-mm. It says here, I'm looking at some of the promotional matrices, it says parents are invited to attend all sessions at no charge? Yes, we 
the only thing we ask the parents to pay for is their food. And if they need lodging, we charge like $30 a night for um, because we stay in dorms. So, um, so you, this year, the, the academy is at the Boise Bible College. Yes. So, they, so you're, they're letting you uh, rent the dorms, and people can rent the dorms, and, and if, if they want to come from out of state or someplace, yes. they can come and do that. And we, we actually want the parents to come because we believe that parents should never send their children off to any any camp, Amen. any uh, organization, just because somebody says, this is what we do, go find out. This so, is what I love about homeschool parents. Yes, so <laughs> let me let me underscore that in a very big way. My wife and I homeschooled. My daughter graduates, actually, and she's, she's graduated. So um, the idea here that we, because we decided, we taught a speech and debate club for seven years, and we decided, wait, we don't want to arm the enemy. We don't want kids learn how to do speech and debate and then go off to college and then get assumed <laughs> exactly. and then know how to argue to the, the left. So we, we made it mandatory that anybody going through our speech and debate club had to go through a worldview class that we, cr- we created. Mm-hmm. And we made it the same as you. We made it, actually, we made it mandatory that if a student was in speech and debate, they had to go to worldview and the parents, at least one parent had to come and attend as well so that they knew what we were teaching their children as far as the, the, biblical worldview goes. Well, if we if we had done more of this, we wouldn't be in the mess we are in now. I, I have to confess that um, for a time I, I spent in the legislature, I served as uh, in the, a member of the Idaho House of Representatives. We fought for homeschooled. There was actually a time when three families were jailed for the sin of teaching their children at home. And people can read about that, by the way, in the book called Politics of Pie by Linda Patchen. Okay. It explains that whole history. About the shippies. And in fact, I met Ellen through that whole debacle. And I can tell you that I went to the shippies home and you would not find a cleaner home. And the surrounding farms would argue as to who would get one of the shippy boys if they needed extra help because they knew those boys would work hard. Hmm. And um, I spoke to a local judge at the time and I said, why are you fighting homeschooling? And he said, because if it passes, the floodgates will open. And I said, these kids, I said, these kids are, are testing years beyond their public school counterparts. And he said, I know. And he said, it'll open the floodgates and oh, then everybody will want to homeschool. And I said, so what? Heaven, heaven forbid we have a better educated. Well, Bob Forey really <laughs> led the battle on that. And um, he's a man that I will always honor and be grateful that God sent him into the legislature because he led the fight for that. Well, I, I wanted to underscore, by the way, that value of, of, of bringing the adults with the kids to your to yes. the academy. And by the way, uh, I'm speaking with uh, Alan and Elizabeth Hodge about the uh, the Northwest Liberty Academy coming up uh, in Boise on June 11th, 12th, and 13th. And uh, I wanted to underscore the fact that you know you, this is, I guess, 12 to 18 is a good age range to go, but the parents are encouraged to follow and, and come, and there's no charge for the parents. And I want to say, you know what, that's so valuable, because when we did that homeschool speech and debate club, the parents would come to us at the end of the class and say, no, I learned more from this class than my kids did. Well, Daniel, you know, we were speaking in front of uh, a convention of over 4,000 people. In fact, one time it was over 7,000 people. And I was uh, talking to them about our republic. 
and I talked to them and, and said that when I go into the public schools, we ask the students what form of government we do. This is in government classes. And um, I said, you know, they always, almost 99% of the time would say democracy. Mm. And then in front of the group, I said, you know, we pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. And to that, and I held the microphone out and the entire convention hall rung with republic. People came up to us afterwards and said, thank you. We thought we were a democracy until you used that illustration we thought we were a democracy. Mm -hmm. And that's a huge point because we teach students that we are a republic, why it's important that they know. We also talk to them about civil discourse because like this year, we're going to be talking about some controversial things like COVID-19. We're going to have some doctors, some that are on national organizations Mm -hmm. that will be saying some different things than what we hear uh, through the normal media. Uh, We'll be talking about uh, social democracy versus the constitutional republic. And there may be people who will come and will disagree with us. And that's fine. We have no problem with people disagreeing. We do have a problem if they don't engage in civil discourse. Key being civil discourse. We have to be able to talk respectfully back and forth about difference. And and you know what? This is one of the things that that there's a point of conversation in my house. And that is... Uh, everybody's talking about how we need to, there's too much uh, uh, log jams in, in Congress, right? There's too mm-hmm. much, uh, I forget the word I'm looking for, but my wife was is very strong to point out that, you know, it was kind of designed that way so that we don't rush into decisions without having them thought out. In fact, our founders did not want us to have political parties. We are nonpartisan. We promote liberty as coming as a right from God. But our founders knew that if we had political parties, it would become which party's in control, which party has power. And unfortunately, if you look today, you will see that both parties are fractured. And when people say we need more bipartisanship, I'm afraid we have too much bipartisanship. You don't know what uh, the... the um, uh, Republican Party is divided. The Democrat Party is divided. We should be looking at principle. We should be looking at the liberty that we have been gifted from God. We're the only nation on this earth that was founded on biblical principles, the only one. Mm-hmm. And now you they're taking things, uh, monuments down that believe in liberty, that believe in God, or that are, uh, you know, are a tribute to God, they take them down. There's a huge concerted effort. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. There's a, there's a huge concerted effort by, we'll call them the powers that be, to change the government of this country. Mm-hmm. And what I think your Liberty Symposium is doing is reaching out to young kids to give them information to understand the truth about the founding of this country. Would that be accurate? Absolutely. So that when they do go back to, if they go to public school or if they go to a, a university, which is replete. I mean, I, I, I actually went back to college late in my life and I could not believe the amount of, uh, I'll just use the word Marxism, that was really pushed on us. And uh, I had the benefit when I was a youth pastor of uh, going to Summit Ministries in Colorado, which is kind of a two-week, mm-hmm. uh, I call it a Christian boot camp for for people who are going to have life, right? And, uh, and I, I didn't go back to college until I was in my 30s. 
And I was drawing on what I had learned at Summit to help reinforce my beliefs because they were so pervasive with pushing the Marxist agenda in the university. And so I said, I really have to get you guys on the show to let people know about this symposium because it was so valuable to me to go through Summit stuff. That's a two-week course out in Colorado. Mm -hmm. Here you have a, a weekend course here in Idaho, southwest Idaho, that basically is going to do much the same thing. It's going to be equipping kids with and adults with knowledge of how our government is supposed to work and and the infrastructure and the principles that were in place to create that in that government. So this is what we're supposed to be. Stop well, believing the lies. And when you say principles, that's another thing that we believe very strongly in, and that's standing on principle over politics. Mm-hmm. And we, we use illustrations. I talk about uh, things that happened to me when I was in the legislature and how... Um, Tough it is sometimes to feel as though you're standing alone, but if you're standing for what is right, if you know in your heart and in your mind that something is wrong, you know, William Penn said, right is right even if everyone's against it, and wrong is wrong even if everyone's for it. Mm-hmm. And so we we tell them you have to be true to the principle, and you have to stand even when you're scared. Amen to that. Amen to that. So what can people can expect? What can they expect when they come to the academy? They need, they need to first register, right? Yes. And um, here's the other thing. Uh, we, we operate, we're just a mom and pop <laughs> show. And so <laughs> we operate pretty much, you know, lean. And, but we never turn anyone away for lack of funds. We don't give away scholarships. Students earn them. Mm. Um, and uh, parents, we know because of COVID, we've dropped the price by $100. Wow. So um, it's a couple hundred dollars to come, and it covers everything. Um, we, you will hear from people like uh, Lieutenant Governor Janice McGeehan, Russ Fulcher, and local legislators. You will also hear from Chris Troopas, who's... Uh, Brother headed up the Wisconsin He's, recount. I heard Chris Troopers speak last month. He is a fantastic he presenter. Is. He's a good friend of ours. And then you'll hear from a group of doctors who um, have studied COVID, who have um, ideas on, on that. Um, and you will hear from other individuals and a lot from the free market from Foundation for Economic Education. Mm-hmm. So to register for this, people need to go to nwlibertyacademy.org, nwlibertyacademy.org, and that's where they can sign up. And we've got to wrap up. I'm sorry we've gone too long here, but um, I want to thank you, Alan and Elizabeth, for joining us here on The Voice of Conservative Values. Thank you. Uh, And I really encourage people to look into this. Uh, even and, and you know what? Even if you don't have a 12 to 18 year old and you want to attend, I would recommend attend. It's going to be awesome. All right. My name is Daniel Bobinski. Thank you so much for tuning in. We'll catch you next week on The Voice of Conservative Values. Thank you for tuning in to The Voice of Conservative Values. If you'd like to support this broadcast and Conservatives of in the Treasure Valley, you can do so at conservativesof.com. Freedom can only be maintained by a prayerful, informed, vigilant, and engaged citizenry.